0: Hello everyone and welcome to The Lisa Burke Show where we're beginning a little- set of political interviews and lead up to, of course, the Luxembourg general elections on Sunday, the 8th of October. And with me, first off, in fact, I have Minister Fayot, France Fayot, lovely to have you in the studio with
1: me. Hello, Lisa. Thank you for the inv- invitation.
0: Now, most people know who you are, but a little bit of background for those who might be new to the country, might be new to you. France Fayot, member of Elsap since 1994, became chairman in 2019, worked as a barrister up until your appointment to government and you were elected to parliament in 2013 and again in 2018. And in parliament, you assumed the role of rapporteur for the draft budget of 2015, focused on public finances, cultural policy and on social justice and poverty issues. And then following the cabinet reshuffle on my birthday, the 4th of February 2020, uh, you joined the coalition government and you were appointed two ministerial really hats. You have the Minister for Development, Cooperation and Humanitarian Affairs and perhaps most of us know you as the Minister of the Economy but they're both very very strong and independent departments one from the other. So uh, to start off reading about you I saw that your father was deeply involved with politics as well so I'm sure this coloured your childhood.
1: No absolutely I think it's uh I, I fell into it as as a as a child as one of uh, and and so basically yeah really I I was always uh, participating in in campaigns. Uh uh, you know, carrying out flyers and uh, even as, as a kid. And then either, you know, you grow up with that and either you, you hate it or you really get into it and you become passionate about politics, which is my case. And it probably
0: led to lots of conversations around the dinner table. And I'm sure at one point in your life, perhaps the teenage years, you questioned some of his ideas. Did it ever occur to you to belong to any other party other than LSAP?
1: No it did not really. I mean in that sense I was quite, you know, uh, easy I guess to 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 manage as a as as a youngster because I was always quite aligned with his positions and uh, he was actually uh, a role model uh, to to me because he was uh, a progressive uh, always uh, long 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 term uh, chair of the uh, LSAP um, and uh, really uh, someone who is, was always very Moderate and also trying to understand the issues and then and then putting forward uh, proposals.
0: Well, I'm going to dive into what our listeners really want to know about. And uh, obviously, there are some very hot issues. Uh, perhaps housing is the hottest of all, but I'm not going to start with uh, housing. I'm going to start with taxes. Um, now... At the moment, we have various tax bans and some people think it's unfair that there is not a parity between people who have children, whether they be single parents or married. So do you think uh, if you were to be voted in again and you have uh, the remit to work on this, would you change tax bans, single tax ban for people married or single with or without children?
1: yes definitely that's one of the uh, the objectives uh, of my party going into these elections we need to find a taxation model which is uh, neutral as regards to the choice of uh, of of life that people make whether they are married or whether they are single uh, whether they are separated or, or unfortunately widowed uh, and i think we need to find a tax system that is not uh, biased towards one of these uh, one of these um, choices of life Now we know that we are coming from a a time back in the 80s where there was a strong privilege for... families, uh, married people and that reflects in, in our current tax system but we need to find a more fair tax system in that regard uh, which needs to be transitioned because uh, of course it's if you put every, everyone in one in the more beneficial tax class it will be a huge cost to the state so you, so you need to find a balance there but the, but the, the target is definitely to, to, to get there.
0: Why hasn't it happened yet?
1: Well, because, I mean, we have a form of uh, so-called individualization, so single uh, tax band, which is optional, but which is not uh, used uh, that often because it really only works for the really higher uh, income uh, classes. But we did that uh, some years ago when we did uh, the big tax reform, I think in 2017 uh, it was. uh, But we really need to find um, a, a single a tax ban for everyone, uh, which will then be of course uh, adjusted. Whether you have children, whether you are a uh, monoparental, so basically single raising uh, parent, uh, and there also LSRP has in uh, in uh, we have in our program proposals to give special tax breaks to single raising. Uh, parents people with children uh, also extends the transition period for for widows from one class to the other which is now three years to to five years um, so so we have elements uh, leaning to this uh, to this fairness um, but I think the big subject and maybe we'll also get to get to that is really how you how you tax uh, income and 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 progressively also uh, which levels of income do you, do you tax higher and lower
0: well funny you mentioned that because that's my next point and of course i'm sure lsap have a view on this higher incomes should they be taxed more and uh, perhaps well it's not entirely coupled with this but i know that you have uh, views on the length of the working week
1: Yes, well, I think definitely uh, higher income should be taxed higher. Um, there is a, a question of, uh,
0: of... Than it of, is now, we should add. Sorry? Higher income should be taxed higher than it currently is, is what you're saying.
1: Than it than it currently is. I think there is still some room for improvement there. Currently, the highest tax rate is at 42%. Um, and the problem we have in our current tax system is that lower to middle income is uh, is, is getting uh, taxed uh, quite high uh, quite early on. So you basically have a, an, an increase which is rapid uh, up to a certain level and then it, it is much slower. And I think you need to turn that around to act, first of all uh, exonerate uh, lower uh, incomes up to the minimum uh, income and then uh, just really have a slower progression in, in our in our tax uh, uh, system, and then on on higher uh, income, basically have a have a, a much faster progression, and also increase a couple of. Um, tax uh, rates at the, at the top. Uh, we have proposed uh, for income uh, of um, uh, 500,000 and above to ha- add an additional tax uh, rate of 49 percent. Because I think there is a, a question of fairness and a question also of uh, having uh, sufficient tax income to finance all the transitions and all the needs that we'll have, we will have in the coming years in uh, decarboni- decarbonizing our, our society and making it fairer uh, for everyone.
0: And uh, related to this, um, should we have tax bands that move more organically with inflation to avoid these indexations which have been triggered frequently
1: this year? Yeah, I think, first of all, it must be said that as from first of January next year, there will be an adaptation to 2.5 indexation tranches of uh, the tax system. So this is happening already. This was decided this year. Uh, so that's one thing. Second thing is we don't think there should be an automatic adaptation every time there is an, uh, an, an index that is uh, coming. Um, but we should uh, definitely uh, take uh, into consideration indexation at the lowest entry level to basically keep these um, uh, tax uh, tax exempt mm-hmm.
0: now another place uh, i know it's
1: very technical all of this so i i hope you i hope your listeners are, <laughs> i'm trying to to, well. to 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 say this in in, a, in an intelligible way but of course taxation is is, is technical uh, and uh, but but it is important it's never it's never an end in itself but it is of course important for the state to raise money to to you know fulfill of its uh, ambitions
0: and depending on a person's uh, political viewpoint and pocket they will be voting very heavily in favor of whichever part of that they want to support or perhaps both which is the ultimate goal um, now inheritance tax this is another place some countries uh, earn money, let's put it that way. So what are your views on this?
1: Well, we have uh, inheritance tax in Luxembourg, not in a direct line, so not from uh, from parent to children, but uh, in, in all other situations, when you inherit, there is a taxation on that. We are not very clearly uh, in favor of an inheritance tax uh, in, uh, in the direct line. Uh, so when a when parent passes to uh, f- whatever children inherit, uh, because this is uh, seen and felt as uh, unfair, um uh, by the people by by everybody um because there is a sense that there is this is a double taxation that mm-hmm. would occur there and i think that that is something you need uh, you need to to respect and you need to um, take into considera- consideration uh, what we ha- what we have in our program is a um, an idea of a, of a wealth tax Uh, Because clearly there is an issue, and international studies also show this, Uh, OECD uh, came out with a study quite recently, um, that um, the... um, Work income is is disproportionately taxed more than capital uh, income, and there is an, an unfairness uh, in the system. Um, it also goes towards the inequalities. I mean, we are now in in a in a world where which is getting ever more unequal, where you have people with huge uh, fortunes, and so I think you need in our sense you need to. Um, in reintroduce um, a wealth tax for, uh, in, for um, uh, people with, um, with property above 2.6 million euro uh, so this is really to make sure that we don't uh, tax uh, people who have a house or who have um, the, the, the mid, let's say the middle to quite high up uh, classes uh, so that basically you start to be taxed on your wealth from a, a level of 2.6 million euro uh, on
0: on the homes, well, um, not yeah. on the
1: homes. Basically, on the whole property, uh, of, of, of your land plus also uh, assets and and, uh, and and bank assets. Um, uh, so basically, the whole wealth that you need to then declare uh, to the uh, to, to the tax administration.
0: So the entire assets are above two point six million. They're yes be an inheritance tax. Uh wealth
1: tax, wealth tax. Sorry,
0: wealth tax. Wealth tax, yeah. not inheritance tax. Sorry, I'm glad you you're confirming that for me because if I'm getting it wrong uh, other listeners may be slightly confused as well. Um slightly different uh tobacco smoking. We know that Luxembourg is a place where people literally cross borders to buy cigarettes. Uh what are your views on this?
1: well tobacco yes it's that's clearly a health issue um, it is uh, among these uh, things uh, sugar is another one alcohol is another uh, product of uh, consumption that has huge uh, health implications and and so uh, we are uh, of the view that we need to increase the the price uh, of these uh, of these products, which which have very negative uh, uh, effects on 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 the health and are therefore um, a big health issue, uh, so so this is a um, uh, something. Yes, we we think that you need to to also introduce a tax or increase the tax on tobacco, tobacco to make it to make it more expensive.
0: But again, it hasn't been done so far in in the coalition, and uh, some people question why. Not least the Cancer Association here in Luxembourg.
1: Well, I think the uh, the um, it, it um, I think it ha- it has been increased to some extent the excises, but not of course to such an extent that nobody sells tobacco anymore Very we, minimally. we all know we all know that uh, of course we have this is a, a big source of income together with uh, with the uh, with fuel selling fuel mm-hmm. um, and it is also i think something that we we need to transition out of but you need to do it in such a way that it is will also from a budgetary point of view not become uh, too painful because again th- the, you need to balance the budget uh, we have big big ambitions in terms of investment in infrastructure, in in our businesses, to help them decarbonize, to become uh, climate neutral. And all of that has a cost. So you you need to figure out how you are going to, to balance that budget.
0: And I know you've just come back from the UN General Assembly, actually, where I'm sure some of this was spoken about. And another big summit, an event in Luxembourg next week, is to think about the economic strategy for Luxembourg towards 2050. So given your time in office, what are your views on what potential strategy could help Luxembourg as we move towards 2050.
1: Yes indeed and I think it is very related to the the summit in New York that I just came from which was the SDG summit midterm review uh, where to see where we stand on on, uh, realising and achieving the SDGs uh, and uh, it is sad to say that we are nowhere uh, close to that. Uh, We have uh, a world that is in pretty bad shape uh, conflicts uh, polarized uh, world uh, we have a lot of uh, humanitarian crisis going on all over and, and, and the background to all of that is also climate climate change that is um, that is uh, increasing very rapidly so I think and in the face of that it's uh, the, the question and I'm happy you mentioned this conference that we're organizing the question is really how we position Luxembourg's economy uh, on horizon 2050 so long term uh, bearing in mind that we have this uh, that we have Uh, biophysical limits the planet and that we also have to take care of the well-being of the people that live here uh, and also considering uh, the well-being of of other people Um, and that is really the reflection of uh, Luxembourg strategy is really to see how we position Uh, the economy with these uh, goals in mind and to that extent we have to that to that end we have um, worked on 10 uh, principles of vision that will also be published concomitantly with that conference uh, to which sets out the different um, building blocks of that of that vision.
0: Are you allowed to talk of those 10? Tell us what they are?
1: Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, they have they have already been been presented in, uh, in in June. So the conference now in September. is more specifically about the diversification areas. Um, in in, uh, in the context or in the framework of these two limits, uh, so the planetary limits and also the socio-economic limits. Um, the, the, the building blocks and the vision is really about becoming more autonomous, uh, building shorter value chains, uh, but also um, reinforcing our, our industrial fabric uh, with a view to helping it decarbonize become more digital and more green also in line with uh, European uh, objectives um, and also to uh, uh, to look at, uh, at 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 other uh, areas like health uh, agriculture um, at the same time making sure that we have the appropriate energy systems to supply for all of this uh, with the proper redundancy also to make sure that learning from the lessons of the pandemic that if, if one breaks we have another one to uh, to replace it and to, to keep the system running so there are a number of these uh, elements that, that go into it, uh, it's quite a I think uh, quite a comprehensive uh, uh, vision which I think will help us to uh, to think forward I mean that's the, that's the idea of, of foresight that you really look at uh, the big trends that you that you see, um, and uh, that you you try to plan ahead,
0: and very important because political lifetimes are often a uh, few years, sometimes a decade if you're lucky, um, and so it's good to have that vision yeah. more long term. Indeed. Um, linked to that, do you think there should be a population cap on Luxembourg as it grows exponentially?
1: I think you can. We we cannot have a population cap in Luxembourg. That is a an idea that is put forward by a, a very right wing party uh, in this uh, campaign. They even want to do a referendum uh, on this. Um, I'm just um, coming, it's Funny you mention this because we, I just attended a um, an event uh, this morning uh, celebrating the 30th birthday of the single market. Uh, in '93, uh, which was also co- uh, which which is really the four liberties, and one of them is to establish a business somewhere else in Europe, and the other one is to actually have a free circulation of citizens um, among among the countries. So, I think limiting uh, or, or, or you know putting a lid on 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 the growth population growth would assume that we close the borders, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is not really something that anybody wants. Because really Luxembourg thrives on this, uh, on this single market and on the four liberties that, uh, that go with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Now moving to uh, a very hot topic for Luxembourg, which is connected to population perhaps, not just, housing. What do you think can help the housing issue of Luxembourg, the lack of housing and the cost of housing and renting?
1: Yeah, well that's, that's really uh, a very hot uh, topic, has been for some years um, and uh, I think it is uh, not one that is entirely specific to Luxembourg. When you look abroad at other regions that are very dynamic, that, that see a dynamic economic growth, they have very similar uh, s- very similar issues. I think in, La- in the case of Luxembourg, th- there is no silver bullet really to this uh, to this problem. Um, one of the things that we need to do uh, is to build more, uh, obviously. Uh, so we need to uh, get the private sector to, to build more uh, we need also to maybe uh, obviously make procedures a little bit shorter but I think one of the problems that we have in Luxembourg and it is quite specific is that we have a very high concentration of uh, ownership of uh, building lands in the hand of very few uh, owners either directly or through corporate structures um, And and sometimes there is land banking going on so it's of course you want to Make sure that you you make make to do this in a most profit op- optimizing way. It has also been recently in July um, a report from the authority uh, of competition that has pointed to this problem of uh, of speculation mm-hmm. and on very high margins that are uh, driven by uh, by uh, real estate promoters. So this is obviously also a problem that leads to the higher higher prices uh, of our housing uh, and which needs to be tackled uh, in my view by uh, through regulation um, my, I think my very strong view is that housing is a right, is a human right and that we should. Uh, first and foremost, uh, make sure that everybody has uh, has access to that. So another thing of, of course we need to do is to buy more housing uh, through in in the public in the public hands, so both by cities and communes, but also um, by state-owned um, uh, housing um, housing organizations.
0: Mm-hmm. But at the moment, do you have a view on what regulation could help uh, stop the land banking?
1: well i think one of the uh, one one of the projects that is has been introduced into legislation uh, into the legislative procedure is um, which has been introduced by my colleague Taina buffeding is a pr- proposed law that uh, will tax uh, la- land that is has been subject to a pap or a P- mm. is within pag so constructible land and which is not uh, which is not developed uh, so in that case there will be an incremental tax to mobilize uh, that uh, that land uh, this tax will also apply to empty housing mm. of, of which we have a lot uh, if you walk through the city of luxembourg you will see that there are many many houses that are that are em- empty and that's because just because the owners can do it at, at no cost uh, and I think that really needs to change.
0: Because they make money by the house just sitting there or the apartment just sitting there. Now, um, shifting to um, the other ministry that you lead, Humanitarian Affairs and Development cooperation. Not everybody will be so aware of the work that you've done in this field. So please tell us about what you have done in your time in office and why it's important to the citizens of Luxembourg.
1: Well, um, this is also um, uh, really an important uh, ministry: development cooperation and humanitarian affairs. Uh, Luxembourg has a very ambitious uh, policy. Uh, in this um, in this regard we are one of i think we are even the only country in the world that has one uh, percent official um, um, development um, uh, o- Oda so uh, development uh, funds uh, on the basis of our of our gross national product which is huge and uh, which is buying us a lot of credi- credibility internationally I could again evidence that uh, at um, at the un this week uh, it is important because uh, because of reasons of international solidarity with the weakest, with the le- le- least developed countries. Uh, it is something we have been doing for uh, 40 years uh, and are doing uh, very successfully. Um, we, uh, What I have done more specifically be- since I came in was really to also bring in the private sector, uh, see that all the in- innovation we are developing in Luxembourg uh, be it digitalization or space uh, or, or all these uh, um, technologies, be brought to work, be made to work for the for the development sector and also for the humanitarian uh, sector. Uh, we are uh, so that is something that is going on. We have also microfinance, um, uh, inclusive finance, as it is now now called, which is uh, a uh, Great tool uh, to help to empower women, uh, young entrepreneurs in, in developing countries, um, often farmers, uh, but not only farmers, to uh, to make a living. Um, so it's it's um, it, it's um, sometimes um, frustrating because you are. Uh, making progress and then regressing, as we have now seen in Niger or Mali or Burkina Faso. Uh, But it is, of course, it is also very gratifying because you see that you make a change uh, in in these places.
0: Now, moving back to the people here in Luxembourg um, and voting. Of course, we're doing these interviews because the elections are so important and yet a lot of our audience can't vote. So this comes down to being able to become a Luxembourg citizen. Firstly, do you think people who are resident should have a right to vote or should they be a citizen?
1: Well, I think, uh, uh, first of all, residents uh, now have a right to vote at the communal elections, which took place in in June. And I'm happy that uh, the numbers also, numbers of registration went up uh, for these elections. That does not mean that you have to vote then every time, uh, which was, I think, also a question on a lot of people's minds. Uh, And you can do vote by correspondence, which makes it then easier to travel if you don't want to be around on that particular weekend. So for the communal elections, we have it. Which is important because people are all often involved at the level of their cities or villages. Um, at national level, we don't yet have it. Um, as as you know, we we did the referendum on this in 2015 as to whether our foreign uh, co citizens should also get this uh, get this right. I was and my party was uh, in favour of that, but that referendum was lost uh, quite. Um, yeah, quite crushingly by 80%. Um, and um, since then, uh, it has, uh, of course, there has not been another referendum. But
0: who voted uh, in, in the referendum?
1: Well, the Luxembourgers obviously yeah. voted in the <laughs> referendum. Um, so you may say uh, you're not going to give something away which is reserved to you exclusively. But at the, on the other hand, I think it is a question of, of, the, uh, of the democratic conversation and, of, of, of course, representation of a lot of people that live here. Um, on the other hand side, we we somehow um, we opened the, the conditions or, or made, relaxed the conditions for becoming uh, Luxembourger, uh, because we also really think that it is fair for people uh, who live here, have been living here for some years, and to want to make the effort to to get this uh, to get this um, chance of becoming uh, becoming becoming Luxembourgers and then participate in the vote.
0: We just need to learn Luxembourgish too. <laughs> yes, but it's not uh,
1: it's not that hard. I mean, the level that is required is, is frankly not not that hard. But I know uh, it it's some for people who work and. Uh, particularly if they are single raising moms, for instance it's 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 still not easy it's time it's yeah.
0: time along with the language <laughs> now um Changing subject again, because we've got so many subjects to go through. Defence. I mention this because, well, a couple of things. We have a lot of work in Luxembourg that is on cybersecurity. We have a lot of satellite work in Luxembourg and we have defence in space, etc. And, of course, geopolitically, we all know what's happened with Ukraine and Russia. What do you think about defence budget in Luxembourg?
1: Well, it's uh, clear that it needs to go up. We are currently still among the uh, on the bottom of the of the league of the NATO countries. Uh, as you know, there is a two percent target of um, uh, of GDP, which we have managed to negotiate down to two percent of uh, global uh, of of, uh, of of gross uh, income, which is lower, which is by one third lower than GDP. Um, but we still need to to. To bring up our, our expenses, that that is something that is required by our NATO uh, partners. It, it in a changed uh, geopolitical landscape must be said. Uh, we, you you said it. We have a war once again uh, in Europe, a terrible aggression war of Russia against uh, Ukraine, um, and and this is really this has been a game changer. Um, in the way we look at uh, defense in the way of we look at the defense of Europe um, and um, I think it has made uh, Europeans realize once again the, the value and the worth of being uh, members of NATO the the the, uh, the purpose of NATO also and in that context Luxembourg needs to do its share um, the um, opportunities, opportunities. There are, uh, there are, you know, ways of doing this in an intelligent way, also with a positive spillover for our economy. You have mentioned cybersecurity. Uh, space is obviously also one of these areas where we already have done things with our GovSat, Now the uh, the Earth observation satellite that is has gone up um, and and of course and and there are certainly ways of combining this uh, with uh, with the in particular the space ecosystem we are we are building um, in um, in Luxembourg which has also use cases which which can be used in a military uh, way obviously we are not going to to start building tanks and uh, and airplanes uh, in this in this country, but we need to do it uh, with the things that uh, that um, that we are doing here, um, uh, f- also for the economy.
0: Well, wars are fought in many different ways, and it's not all about tanks anymore, as we know. I mean, a big conversation on the, on the Ukraine war was uh, was about uh, finance, in fact, and uh, blocking certain movement of finance. Um, just to think, as we wrap up in our time together. Of the time you've been in office and of the ministry work that you've done, you will have traveled to lots of places, met huge numbers of people. What has really stuck with you and really changed you inside or changed something you thought about or really sits with you and will for your life?
1: Well, I think it's, it's really the, the combination of my two ministries, being the Minister of Economy, on the one hand, and then being the minister, minister of development cooperation and humanitarian affairs, uh, is quite has never been there, uh, and it is uh, quite a unique um, um, combination. Uh, I must say that the things I see when I travel to um, what you can call the global south or to, to developing countries, uh, in terms of, um, uh, you know, human uh, suffering, in terms of. Um, uh you know inequality uh, uh problems uh, lack of development have uh, have really changed me and that that's uh, something you cannot uh you know disregard when you come back and and uh, and, and and look at the uh, look, look at the economy in luxembourg it has made me realize that everything is connected in this world uh, the way we live here the way uh, we work the way we produce and consume has um, has a, an impact and has an incidence on 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 the, what is going on uh, in the developing countries and likewise uh, c- there can be also uh, repercussions for for europe as we are now seeing with uh, with, with refugees which are uh, fleeing uh, conflict zones but also will inc- increasingly tomorrow uh, come to Europe uh, because of climate change and because of uh, just because of uh, poverty and because there is nothing uh, left to eat so the humanitarian crisis are really um, uh, you know you know getting a lot of traction there are more and more of them and this is so this is I think looking at the world as a in, in a holistic way um, and um, Uh, You know, acting acting locally, thinking globally. Uh, This is, uh, uh, I think, this is uh, something that I have, uh, that has really been um, uh, touched. Has touched me, and will uh, will definitely remain uh, with me, whatever I do in the future.
0: Well, we will wait and see, and we'll know in a few weeks' time. Minister Fayo, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. Thank Thank you, Lisa. RTL Original Podcast. The Lisa Burke Show